So we are in this series called Hope is Here, and you know, we're hearing about, the, from the first letter of Peter, how he is telling Christians that are scattered all over about the hope of Jesus. And so as we have been looking at this, this letter, uh, today we're going to be starting in, the, in chapter 3 of, of 1 Peter. And so as we've been looking at this letter, there's different things that are, that are standing out. Uh, first of all, that our hope needs to be centered in Jesus Christ alone. And we just uh, just uh, saying about that. Uh, that our hope is in Jesus. And that we are to live holy and blameless lives uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, last week we saw how uh, we, that believers are called to endure while submitting to authorities, while suffering, while doing good, and while following Christ's example. And, and so our main idea last week was our living hope produces holy living. And we saw how, I'm sorry, that was a couple weeks ago. Our, our main idea last week was injustice, entrusting injustices to the Lord points people to Jesus. It points to Jesus when we don't take those offenses that people give us and we don't retaliate, we don't fight back, but we entrust our injustices to the Lord. Um, and today we're going to be looking at what it means to be like-minded. This morning, while I was eating breakfast, my mind was on eating breakfast. My um, eight-month-old baby's mind that I was holding, her mind was not on me eating breakfast. Her mind was on getting whatever she could get hold of and playing with it. And so this morning she grabbed the bowl full of cereal and milk and she grabbed it towards me, and I can't see it super well, but I mean, there's a, it went everywhere. <laughs> Let's just say Amanda and I weren't being like-minded. We both had different things in our mind, but it wasn't the same result. And so today, we, we're going to be looking at how we want to be like-minded. We want to be, and not just that we want to be, Peter is, is telling the church, the people that trust in Jesus, the people that believe in Jesus Christ as, as their only hope, to be like-minded around that. And so as we open to the book of 1 Peter, I'd just like to, to pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can have access to your word and we can learn from what you say through this letter of 1 Peter. And so Lord, I just ask that you would give me the right words, that you would open up each of our hearts to know what you want for each of us and how we can put our hope in you, how we can be like-minded. And whatever you want us to do, Lord, we just pray that we would have obedient actions today. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, we can open to 1 Peter chapter 3. And while we're doing that, I just want to give away my main idea. We'll talk about it throughout the time, but 1 Peter 3, we're going to be looking at how the, the way believers treat each other bears witness to our hope in Christ. And so keep that on your mind today as we're going through this. But how we treat each other, and really it's going to start with the way we think about each other, but then that, that translates into how we treat each other. It's going to be our witness. It is our witness to the hope that we have in Christ. And so uh, Peter was writing this letter to, to the church that scattered. 
And he's writing this letter so that, so that we would have our hope in Jesus no matter the circumstances, no matter the, the trials that the, the early Christians were facing, no matter what's going on in our life, our hope needs to be centered in Jesus Christ alone. If you trust Jesus with your life, if you are a believer. So uh, join with me or in following along on, on the screens or in your Bible. But in, we're going to read the, the first few verses of chapter 3 here. Uh, and this is addressed to wives. It says this, Wives in the same way. Now I want you just to highlight that, understand in the same way. What is this in the same way referring to? Thinking about what, was just, that Paul, what Peter had just wrote about, he had just written about how people don't want to submit to authority, but they still need to to show people the hope of Jesus. Unless, there's a, unless the authority is telling you to do something that's wrong, according to Christ. Uh, also, he's, he's telling us, he's reminding us in the same way, like the, he was talking about how the slaves are to obey their masters, even when their masters are doing injustice. They are doing wrong things. The slaves are still supposed to obey because it points people to Jesus. And then he gives this example about Jesus, okay? He gives this example how Jesus suffered for you and I. He did not retaliate, but he willingly went to the cross. He willingly died. And so this is, this is where Peter is talking about. He's talking about these examples, specifically Jesus. And now he's, now he's addressing first wives and then husbands and then the church. But here with the wives, he's saying in the same way. In the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Think about this. Uh, many, many Christians, especially in those days, were women. Many Christians, they came, many women came to Christ, but their husbands had not come to Christ. And so Peter here is addressing these women. He's saying if your if wives, if your husband is not a believer, of course you're going to be praying that he comes to Christ. Of course you're, going to, you're trying to be a witness to him. You're trying to show him the hope that you have. And he's saying in the same way that slaves submit to masters, He's saying even in a culture where their culture was that wives were pretty much property. Slaves are pretty much like slaves. Slaves are prop, were property then. And, and wives, in, in reading about the culture, wives were just a step above the slaves. And so what Peter is saying is so that just even in, if there's injustice that's happening, you want to point your husband to Jesus. Now, what he's not saying is, he's not saying whatever the husband wants to do, let him run over you. Okay? He's not saying just do, just do anything that he says you should do. He's not saying be in subjugation. He's not saying be a subject to them. He's saying submit. He's saying respect. He's saying show them honor. So it says, that they can be won over without words. By your actions. By your actions, you can win your husband to Christ, is what Peter is saying. And then he says in verse 2, then they will see the purity and the reverence of your lives. Don't, don't 
Isn't that what we all want? That people see the purity and the reverence in our lives? That we are, that we are living holy and blameless lives for Jesus? Not because I'm really good at it, because you're really good at it, but because the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and we are being set apart. And the fruit of the Spirit is growing. And people are going to see that reverence, that we have that respect for Christ, that we have our hope in Christ alone. And it says, and then he, he kind of changes the subject a little bit here in verse 3, but in this, you're going to see it connects. It says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of, of, of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So he's saying, your beauty is inside. You know, I think this is for all believers. This isn't just for wives. Our, the beauty is, is inside us. It's Jesus. It's his spirit. And that's what, that's what we're all about, is about Jesus. And so let's not focus on the outward. Let's focus on the inward. And he says, he says that that is what is of great worth in God's sight. Do you guys know that? Do we believe that what's of great worth in God's sight is what's in us? I hope so. A few, a few parts ago in, in chapter 2, Peter was talking about how people are supposed to view Jesus as chosen and precious because that's how God views Jesus, as chosen and precious. And then he's talking about how believers are chosen and precious in God's sight. And I think he's just continuing on here. We are chosen and we are precious. And so if we, and that's, that's of great worth in God's sight is that, that we have inward beauty. And then it says, for this way, the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are daughters, you are her daughters, and if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Now there's a, this is a long section that's just addressed to wives. And, and in this section, there's kind of a lot going on, but we have to just to think about the context of who Peter was writing to. But then thinking about what it is for us now. If you are married, God has given you a blessing of a relationship whether it's a husband or wife. You know, in our world today, it's okay for two husbands and two wives to be married. That is not what it says in the Bible. Women, one man, one, man, one woman. And, and this is, the way that we live in marriage is supposed to show the watching world our testimony. It's supposed to show them that, that we help each other. That we submit to each other. It says in, in Ephesians 5, before Paul starts talking about wives do this, husbands do this, he says submit to one another out of reverence. Submit to one another. Are we submitting to each other? And so, here he is addressing wives. But specifically, wives that are having husbands 
that do not follow Jesus. And so don't we want all people to follow Jesus, especially those that are closest to us? So our, today our, our first point is that wives view their inward beauty and they treat their husbands with respect. Now again, this, is, this, this shows the hope that we have in Christ. This shows that even when, there's, even when someone doesn't follow Jesus, that we still put our hope in Him. We don't put our hope in others. We put our hope in Jesus. And so this, this specifically is talking about wives who, who want to do honor, who want to show honor and respect to their husbands. Maybe, maybe it means doing something that you don't necessarily want to do. I'm not talking about sin, but I'm talking about just doing something that maybe you're not really wanting to do, but you do it to, to honor your husband. You know, this week, we, we had these uh, basketball goals that got put up, and there was, a, there was a day last Saturday where a whole bunch of people came and worked on it and, and worked on cleaning out this, this building, and it was really good. Thank you for all those that came. Um, and worked on that. It was really cool to see like-mindedness working together for a cause and uh, getting this place a little more clean. That was good. Uh, but the basketball hoops weren't finished. And on, on Tuesday, Kenny wasn't working. Or maybe he just came home early. But he called his wife, Angie, and he said, hey, I'm thinking about coming out there and finishing the, goal, the basketball hoops. And I, I happened to have seen Angie's face <clears throat> when she was receiving this news. And, and she answered right back, all right, sounds good. Now, I could tell that after a day of work where she was tired, she just wanted to go home, right? She wanted, she wanted to go home. But she asked him to bring her coveralls so she could stay out there and help him. And I saw that example about just wanting to be a support to her husband. Her, she wanted, and she didn't want to say, sorry, Kenny, I've been here all day. I'm ready to just come home and relax with you. I mean, maybe she wanted to say that. But what she, what she said was okay. She said okay, and she spent time with him. And, and then the basketball hoops, she actually needed, she, he needed his, her help. And then, thankfully, also, uh, Michael Halden came over, too, and, they, and the, they worked on it and finished the project. But I think that was a... In the rain. Oh, yeah, it was in the rain. At that point, Kenny was a good husband, sent, her, sent his wife home. <laughs> so she didn't have to be out in the rain. <laughs> but, but she supported him to get that done. And Michael Halden, too. But that was, a, was just a really neat example this week that I saw, like, just out of showing that encouragement, that respect, wanting to, to honor her husband. And so, if you are married, what ways can you be showing respect and honor to your spouse? Which ways can you be cheering them on? Then, then Peter continues, and he just addresses husbands, and it's just a, it's one verse. And for, sometimes when, uh, when I first saw this, like this is six verses to wives and one verse to husbands, 
it kind of made me think, what, why is Peter spending so much time talking to wives and then just, like, just really quick to husbands? And I was thinking through this and I was thinking, well, I know wives, I know women like to talk a lot. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. I just, they like to talk a lot. They, they think through a lot of things. Men are a little bit just more to the point, more direct. You know, uh, I forget where it comes from, but they, they say um, we are like boxes. Yeah, we are like, men kind of think like in compartments, like waffles. And women think like spaghetti. That's just, all their thoughts are all over the place. Right? I forget where I heard that from, but that's, that, when I was talking to Ellen about that, that made, she said that makes sense. <laughs> and, and so men are just like to the point, okay, we're done thinking about that, now let's go on to the next thing or, or whatever. So I can kind of see this here. Peter is just addressing, just very clearly, all right, men, here's what you need to know about being married. And so he addresses these husbands. And again, he says, in the same way. Now, keep, keep that in mind. Being in the same way. Keeping in the same likeness. Just like wives, you're keeping in that, that like-mindedness. Now, husbands, you're in the same way. And he says this, consider... Sorry, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the, don't even want to say it, weaker partner. Because that's, that, I think that term right there has been abused in the church. I'm not trying to, I don't know about here or not, but that weaker partner can be offensive. And we're going to talk about that just in a minute. But respect your wife as the weaker partner, as co-heirs or heirs with you in the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, he just, this is kind of a lot to unpack, but I probably should just address that part about the weaker partner. Now, when I was reading this week and trying to figure out, like, why is Peter, sounds like he's like downgrading wives. It sounds like, he sounds like he's saying, men, you're strong, and women, you're weak. And, and I don't think that is how Peter was viewing this at all. When I, this week, I have a little uh, calendar on my desk, and it has a, a Greek word of the day. And this week, I think last Sunday, it was actually on this word, weaker, uh, in, from 1 Peter 3, 7, about weaker. And I want to just read you what it said. It said that it's, the definition was something fragile and of great value. So this, this term that he uses, he's talking about not just physical weakness or something that maybe has been used before when we read the Bible, but you have to think, understand this is about, think, think fragile. Think of great value. And this is what was said about this verse. It says, because a wife is so vital to the life of her husband, he should treat her like she's important. She should be given a place of high honor in his life as if she were a fragile and priceless vessel. She deserves a place of distinction and should know without a doubt that her husband views her as precious, as valuable, and special in his life. 
So, wives, when you think of your, yourself and the relationship you have with your husbands, do you think, without a shadow of a doubt, that your husband knows that you are valuable, that you are precious, that he would protect you at any cost, that he is your defender? I hope so. And I know this wasn't the point, really, of, of what Peter was writing about, but this is an image, I think, that we need to keep in mind. For husbands especially, are, we viewing, are you viewing your wife as, like what Peter said earlier, chosen and precious? Are we seeing her in a way that we would protect at all costs? That we find value? And if not, that's something to think about. That's something to really probably confess to the Lord. Because if we're not cherishing and showing honor and love to our wife, then we are not living in the right way. Ephesians, or sorry, we'll go ahead and say point number two today is that when we have our hope in Jesus, when we have our hope in Christ, husbands view their wives as precious, a precious gift. And that precious gift is someone to love and care for. Okay, so that's, that's the view here. That's being like-minded. We need to be like-minded in our hope in Jesus. Husbands, the way we see our wife, the way we see them, and then translate to treat them is a precious gift that we love and care for. You know, um, when Paul was writing about husbands and wives in Ephesians 5, he said that husbands, you're to love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleansing, cleansing her and by washing with the water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So Paul, when he's talking about husbands, he's comparing this love just like how Christ loved the church and how Jesus did anything and in fact went to the cross to save. He, he cherishes, he loves, he cares for the church. And he still does. And he, he views us. It says in 1 Peter 2 how God says that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people. We are a special possession. And so that's the image that God, the Father, and Jesus, the Son, and the Spirit, they think of when they think about the church. And so then we are then as husbands, we are, that's how we're supposed to treat our wives. Like how Jesus views and treats the church. You know, if you're married, you have the opportunity to show people, show the watching world what a godly marriage is supposed to be like. You have the opportunity, a husband and a wife together have the opportunity to bless each other. You have the opportunity to show people not just the outward, here's what's happening, but you can see 
people can really see the inward of what's really going on and how, how you ch- cherish, how you honor each other, how you protect and love and care for. And I, and I think it's really sad because many, if you look at the, the stats for divorce in our world now, that the stat line of divorce is about 50%, and last I checked, and that was a very similar to the stat line of divorce in the church. If nothing else, we, Christian marriages should be working because our hope is centered in Jesus. Our, the stat line should be nowhere close to what it is of the world. In fact, divorce is not what God designed, God, not what God wanted. And, and, and so we should be showing people what it looks like to live in a way that's loving and honoring and cherishing. And that's what Peter wants too. He, Peter wants husbands to cherish their wives. He wants husbands to realize that they have a gift that's been given to them. And that gift is someone, if they, their husband and a wife are believers, and they are co-heirs of the gracious gift that God is giving of life. They're co-heirs. And they're both, guess what? Children of God. So husbands and wives, do you see each other as brother and sister in Christ? Sounds kind of strange, but that's the most important relationship you have. The relationship that you have with your spouse, viewing them as a child of God. Because that's what's going to last for all eternity, is our relationship with God and our relationship with each other if someone believes in Jesus. And so let's, let's be showing people, let's be showing the world what it's like to live the right way. Live in the way of godliness. Live in the way of, of holy, holy living in marriage. You know, we were at a marriage retreat recently. Rod and Amber invited us. And one of the things they, they told us about marriage is, is that husbands and wives both have gifts that are given and kind of their roles. And they're, they're complementary to each other. They said, for husbands, your job is to love and lead. Your, your job is to really care for and cherish your spouse. But also lead her. Lead her in the way of Jesus. Lead her and lead her heart. And it said... Not lead her in the way, like in a term of like rank, but in the way you serve. And wives, they said that wives' job or their role is to, to help and to submit. And so we looked at that today, being a help, being a, someone that's cheering on their husband cheering on their husband if they're a believer, if they're not a believer, praying for them and winning them over with their words, with, or sorry, without even words, but by their actions. So then Peter then addresses in verse 8, he addresses first the wives, and then he addresses the husbands, and then he says, finally, all of you, all of you, now who is he writing to? He's writing to believers. So he's saying, Finally, all of you believers, all of the people that trust in Jesus. And he says, be like-minded. 
So in, in the same way that husbands and wives are supposed to love and care for each other, we honor each other, he says that we are supposed to be like-minded as believers. We're supposed to be sympathetic. We're supposed to love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. And because of this, we were called, you were called so that you may in, inherit a blessing. So you're thinking about this, we're going to inherit a blessing. This blessing is not because we repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And then he, he brings in Psalm 34. He says, For whoever loves life and, and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek the peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So as we, as we look at this, this section here, Peter wants the family of God to look like a family. He wants the family of God to treat each other like they love each other, like they respect each other, like they care for each other. He wants them to be like-minded, not pulling a bowl full of milk and cereal on your lap. <laughs> I'll give a, that's a bad one because the baby did that. Hopefully no one's doing stuff like that. But we, we're supposed to be like-minded. We're supposed to be thinking about the hope that we have in Jesus, the in, the blessing that's going to be given to us that 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 is been given to us through god's inheritance and as that like-mindedness we are we are loving each other we're being humble we're you know when someone's when someone says something that's offensive we don't just say oh man i'm just mad at them no we give them the benefit of the doubt we say well maybe they didn't mean it that way let me go talk to them we go we talk to people we work it out. We give grace to each other. And guess what? The watching world sees that. They also see when churches fight and when churches have conflict and, and don't get along. And so Peter wants us, all Christians, to view each other with love and respect. And so our third point today is that the family of God views each other with love and respect. But that's when our hope is in Christ. When our hope is in Christ, when we are like-minded, putting our hope in Jesus, then how the family views each other, the family of God is viewing each other with respect, with love, just like in a marriage. Love and respect. A godly marriage. And a godly church should be attractive to the world. People are going to see how we live, how we treat each other, and they're going to make up their minds on whether, they're, whether they want to be like us or not. I heard a quote recently that there's many people that like the idea of Jesus, but they don't like the idea of Christians. Let's point people to Jesus. Let's show people 
that we are following Jesus, that we are doing what he wants us to do, that we, we are surrendering our lives to Jesus, that we are treating each other like-mindedness with that love and respect. We're giving each other grace and peace and blessing. And we're not, we're not getting back at each other, retaliating when there's evil or when there's bad things that are happening. We're not going against people. Our relationships with each other, they matter. They matter not just to us, but they matter in our relationship with God. You know, in each of these parts, wives, husbands, and the church, there's each a part. Now, it doesn't say about the wives praying, but I can imagine that any wife that, that has a husband that doesn't trust Jesus, and actually... I know my wife, and she knows that I trust Jesus. She's praying for me. Wives pray. Husbands, it says, treat your wife with honor, respect, so that nothing will hinder your prayers, he says. And then here in verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Our relationship with Jesus, the main way we have a relationship with Jesus is through prayer, through reading his scripture, by being in communication with him. And if we are treating our spouse, or we're treating people, brothers and sisters in Christ, in ways that are not right, it says that your, pray, it says your prayers may be hindered, your, that God may turn against those who do evil. Now that's being, doing, not being nice and being evil are different things, so let's just be careful there. But it says that God's ears are attentive to their prayer. The ones that are doing what's right. The ones that are living and treating each other with honor and respect. And so our main idea today is that the way that believers treat each other, it bears witness to the hope that we have in Jesus. It bears witness to the hope that's in Christ. If our hope is in Christ, we're going to be like-minded. We're going to be thinking, if everybody is trying to be like Christ, blameless and holy, doing what Jesus is asking us to do, surrendering their lives, then we're going to be growing closer, not just to Jesus, but closer to each other. And and then when we're growing closer to each other, we're going to be giving each other grace. We're going to be forgiving. We're going to be bearing with each other. And this is our witness. Our witness to the watching world is that people see the hope that we have. And that's what Peter is going to keep talking about through the rest of this this letter. The hope that we have in Jesus. So this morning, as we close, I want you just to think about Are my actions bearing witness to the hope in Christ? So take a a few moments and and really just pray and and think through this question. I wanted to also mention before closing that on the back of the sermon notes each week recently, there's been a section called Going Deeper. And this week it's it's centered on those, those questions about 
for wives, for husbands, and for followers of Jesus. And so I just encourage you this week, even this afternoon or tomorrow, to be looking at these questions, thinking about them, um, and really be praying for uh, your spouse and believers. So let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the grace and the mercy that you have given to us through Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we can put our hope fully in you. And God, I just ask that you would give us strength that in our relationships, that we would love, that we would cherish, that we would care for, that we would honor each other in our relationships with our spouse, relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ, and Jesus, ultimately, more people would know you, Jesus, would know you, that you are good, that you are life-giving, because they see the hope that we have in you. Give us the, the strength this week to live for you the way you want us to, and honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.